Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Told my, the men in my Bible study last night, I gave them a heads up. They're reading Ephesians 1 as well, and we're going to discuss it in Bible study next Tuesday night. But Ephesians chapter 1 is the text tonight. We're going to read through it, see how God leads us and speaks to us, okay? So uh, let's start with Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. If you have a Bible, you can get in there, and that's, that's right in the New Testament, right after Galatians. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. I love this book. Now remember, real quick, some quick background. Somebody's iPhone got lost and found. That is good, man. I heard that sound said, you just found it. It's there. It's there. All right. So Ephesians is what we call an epistle. The epistles were letters written to believers. All right? So many folks get into the debate of, well, you know, this is, uh, why is it saying this or why is it saying that? Well, it's geared toward believers. Other folks, another word for believer is a Christian. You've chosen to place your faith in Jesus Christ, and you are a believer. So how many of you know that there's different requirements for us than there are for the world? Does everybody know that? You guys familiar with 2 Chronicles 7.14? He says, in that, that's in the Old Testament, If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will heal from, I will hear from heaven, and I will heal, heal their land. That scripture says, if my people, notice that that scripture, remember scripture explains scripture, that scripture does not say, if the world will turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven. We forget sometimes as believers, and I, hey, I just got to tell you right now, I'm convicted of this at times. God reminds me that when you see actors and actresses doing their thing, when you see people in the world doing their thing, you see politicians, you see other people, and they don't know the Lord, that's what they do, right? They're doing their thing. You say, man, well, that doesn't even make sense. I remember over the years people talking bad about, about uh, secular artists and musicians. Well, they're, they're not saved. So they do what ungodly people do. Of course they're going to write lyrics like that. Of course they're going to have crazy stuff going on. You know, I, I remember back in the day just thinking, I, and I don't know if she's still in the game, but I remember hearing about it, and I think she was at one of the video music awards or something. She was bizarre. was Nicki Minaj. And I said, wow, th this lady is just out there. Well, she's ungodly. That, it just makes sense, right? Cats meow. Dogs bark. Snakes, what do snakes do? Hiss? They hiss. Back to elementary school, right? Snakes go, you know. They do what they do. All right? Believers believe. Unbelievers or non-believers, they don't believe. So this is why this series coming up, I love to just mix this in. This series coming up this Sunday is so important for you, even as believers. The title of the series is Show Faith. Show Faith. Because if you believe, then you will obey God's word. If you don't believe, you're not going to obey it. All right? There was a, a little quote, and it was on a DC Talk album in the mid-90s. I'll never forget it. And I don't know who it was. It was right before a song began. It said, it, 
and I'm going to butcher it. I know it. I just know it, but I'm going to butcher the quote. But it's basically saying, this guy was speaking, and he said, there are believers who they profess Christ with their mouth, but they, do, they basically they profess Christ with their mouth, and they deny him by their actions. It is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Hey, man, you need to go to church with me. And you're do, doing everything that they're doing. I'm not saying you. I'm saying folks. Man, you need to come to church. They're like, why? And then people preach that strange gospel of, hey, you don't have to, you don't, I mean, just keep living like you're living. Just confess Jesus. Well, that uh, scripture says in him you are a new creation. New creation. What is new? It's different. You may look the same, so comb your hair or shave your head the same or whatever it is you do. But you're new on the inside. You do different things. Say, man, I accepted Jesus, but I'm just living like I did before. Well, then my question is, did you get saved? Or are you just a backslidden Christian who's not walking in faith and belief? So you got to remember, these letters, these epistles, okay, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, those are history books. There's powerful stuff in there. Quotes from Jesus, red letters, amazing you got to read all that. you got to read the whole Bible as a believer. That's your homework. Read the Bible every day. Read somewhere. Read the Bible. Have a reading plan. But don't forget this. Once we get out of Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, you get into Romans, and that's what we call the epistles. Romans, on through the rest of the New Testament, it's written to strictly believers. Say, why does he say certain things? He's talking to us as believers. He deals with us differently, doesn't he? Those of you who are raising kids in your home, you got a godly home, you expect something different from your child than you do from the neighbor's kids, don't you? Does that make sense? And some of y'all have told your kids that, too. I know. I remember how my parents used to say, look, I don't know what their parents are telling them, but that's not how we roll around here. I don't know what they're saying, but you're going to. And I remember thinking, oh, man, they must have a, they're just getting to do whatever they want. And mom was like, as soon as it starts to get dark, you better be where you're walking, you're coming in off the block, off the street. No more riding bikes and friends. You ain't going to be out after dark. But mom, that's what I said. That's what it is. Okay. She said, they can do what they want with their kids, but you're mine. So you're going to do, you're going to go according to my guidelines. Same thing with God. He says, yeah, they're doing what they do. I've put my word out there, he says, but they haven't accepted it. You have, so you need to go with these guidelines. And so we see here that there's guidelines for believers. It's all based, though, we go back. To what Jesus said. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and might. Love your neighbor as yourself. Scripture explains Scripture. Jesus said the golden rule, remember? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. The epistles, they go back to that. All of Scripture confirms that. So let's start. This is a letter to the church at Ephesus. These are believers. These are not non-believers. These are believers. All right? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. We're going to stay on this verse for a second after I finish reading it. I'm writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. Chosen by the will of God. Is God's will important? Did you know when I'm praying and I think of you? Those that are in the flock here at Kingsgate Church, I always pray, say, Lord, let them find your perfect will. Let them find your perfect will in relationships, in work, in, in doing the things they do in their day-to-day -day lives, how they deal with other people. Let them find your perfect will. 
This letter's from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. All right, let's look at something. You have the Old Testament and the New Testament. Testament is another word for will. You have God's old will covenant and his new will covenant. Now, the new covenant confirms and fulfills the old covenant. All right? God's will was always that we'd be right with him. Say, man, why was the Old Testament so difficult? There's things, there's all this stuff going on. Well, God was showing us, look, look how difficult it is to get to me and spend time with me without the shedding of the blood of myself. Without the shedding of the blood of the perfect Lamb of Jesus. The Old Testament, all it did was, in many ways, it just pointed out our sin, didn't it? You got a system of do's and don'ts where you're going to miss out here and there, even if you're doing your best. The beauty of the New Testament is you're right with God. You are in his perfect will once you accept Jesus and believe, all right? So one of the cries of your heart needs to be, I'm looking for God's will. Up to the point that I met Jen, you know what I was praying? Lord, send God's perfect will my way. Marriage is so important. Marry the right person, okay? So... Say, man, where, where do I need to be in God? What do I need to do? Read his will. His word is his will. Are you still with me? His word is his will. So I'm writing to God's holy people in Ephesus. What does holy mean? Set apart and different. Folks should not confuse us with the world, okay? I'm writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. Any amount of time spent with you hanging out, eventually someone's going to go, and you've been told this before, someone's going to go, you're different. There's something different about you. You don't talk like we talk. Nope. Well, what is it? I had one, one lady saw me one time at a, a hamburger place here in town. And, and it was when all this COVID stuff started. It must have been in March. And she looked at me, and she just kind of hesitated. And I was, I was going, you know, does she recognize me? And she looked at me, and she goes, you have peace all around you. What do you do? And I said, oh, I, I passed her the... Oh, she said, you're a believer. Oh, and you're a pastor. Okay, she said, there's, there's peace around you. I, and I guess she was a believer too, but she was like, hmm, something different. And people are going to say, you're different. You're not like you used to be, all right? You're holy. You're different. You're set apart. You're a faithful follower of Christ Jesus. That's verse, verse 1. Look at verse 2. I love this verse. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you what? Grace and peace. Grace is the empowerment to do what's right. Grace is amazing because it's, it's God's loving kindness and mercy, but at the same time, His loving kindness and mercy empowers you to live right. Grace is not a free pass to sin. Heard people over the years, and they're preaching a false gospel. And I'm going to tell you right now, teaching people that you can just live how you want and live how you want and go to heaven, that is not of God. I'm going to tell you right now. Say, oh man, you're just preaching some crazy. No, because all in the epistles, remember I, I really hammered that in tonight? The epistles are, they're written to believers. And if we're believers, we're going to live like we believe, right? Doesn't mean you don't make mistakes. You may do something sometimes. You say, man, oh Lord, you got to forgive me. You got to apologize to someone. But as a believer, you are set, you are set apart to be holy and different. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Peace is amazing. That word is amazing in Scripture. It's well-being not lacking any good thing that's powerful let's go on to verse three all praise to god 
the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Scripture says you are now the body of Christ. Did anybody, let me just ask you this, did anybody have a pain somewhere in their body this week and you just like, man, that affects all of me. Anybody at all? I did. I've been, I've been, you got an athlete in there going, oh yeah, yeah, we don't ever play 100%. I know how that goes. Injuries. Had some pain. It affects all of you though, doesn't it? You guys remember, was it the clown that had a headache? So then he smashed his finger with a hammer so that he would forget about his headache. But the problem was he ended up having a headache and a finger ache. That's how the body works. And it's interesting, you remember this, right? You, you've had injuries before, and you're like, I've never thought about that part of my body before until it hurt. Growing up, I didn't think, man, my heels, you know. I'm going to just think about my heels. i just got to take care of my heels. Several months ago, one of my heels started hurting, and it's getting better now. But it was a bummer because about the same time, I really started inter- getting interested in playing basketball again. One of my lifelong passions, playing basketball. And my heels started hurting. And then my hamstrings started hurting. And guess what? It's all connected. Wonder of wonders, right? I came out to play one day. And man, we did good. It was the first day we played. I don't know if that was in May or June. And man, I was moving and I, I, I beat someone off the dribble and something like popped and I went, oh my gosh, that heel pain is now in my hamstring. Now they both hurt. Oh, got to stretch, got to limber up, got to, we're all connected. The body of Christ is this. We're all one in Christ. This verse says we are united with Christ. Oh yeah, he is the head of the body, scripture says. Can you imagine saying, no, I'm, a, I'm, I'm part of the body of Christ, but I'm not going to do what the head says. I'm going to do my own thing. This hand goes, I'm going to just pop and lock it down. I'm going to just do some break. You know, I'm going to just do whatever I want. And this one says, I'm going to do what I want. And this one, you know, this foot and this organ says, I'm not, I'm not processing food. I ain't helping you with that. I'm not going to regulate your insulin. The other organ says, I'm not digesting your food. I'm out of here. But it's interesting. You take an organ out of your body and after a while it dies, doesn't it? Ever seen the movies, you've seen the shows, documentaries, or doctor dramas, and they transport a heart or whatever, and they transport it on ice because it, it, it can only live so long outside of a body. It's got to get back into the body. He said, no, I can serve God without being part of the body. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just serve him right here. I'm, I'm going to serve him. I remember a guy years ago, such an interesting cat, cool guy, I went to college with him, But it was like, as soon as he knew I went to church, his message for me was, hey, man, I don't go to church. I mean, you know, God, we can serve God anywhere. I don't have to go to church. I'm like, but what the Bible actually tells us in in Hebrews that we need to be assembling together. Why? You're the body of Christ. We can't meet with every other believer on the whole planet, so we meet in little micro, right, microcosms of the body of Christ, small groups. I was so excited, man. Sunday, our local body of Christ here, and there's other groups here in town, people that are believers, they love Jesus. But we had here Sunday morning in the English service 85 people. That's exciting. That's exciting. Praise God. Say, man, why is that important? Well, we hear the word together, we grow together, we laugh together, we cry together, we worship together. 
I'm going to tell you right now, I've got extended family, and I love them, both sides of the family, but I am a lot closer to you than I am to them. Just the way it works. I see you. We work together. We serve God together. We pray together. You are now united with Christ. And when you're united with him as your head, you're part of the body. Let's go on to verse 4. I love this. Even before he made the world, this is powerful. You could get really deep into this. We're not going to go too deep. But this, just take it for what it is. This is powerful. It, it means exactly what it says. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Before he even created the world? Uh-huh. He saw you before you ever existed. Millions and millions of years ago or thousands? I, I don't know. That's not for me to know right now. Before he made the world, God was thinking about you. Scripture says he loved you and chose you in Christ to be set apart, holy. One translation of this says blameless. Instead of without fault, it says blameless. All things have been made new. That's good news. That's good news, man, for humanity. Next verse. Verse 5, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. I don't know if anybody in this house was adopted or, you know, there's folks in here who've adopted children, but that's very special. Because you, some of you had your own biological kids. You didn't get to choose anything. You, there they are. I can't stop them. They're just here. I mean, you didn't choose. My parents didn't go, oh, Lord, let's see. Let's, custom, let's customize our first child. Be kind of lean, about 5'10". Start losing his hair at 20. No. 20, can you imagine? What a testimony. I've been through some stuff. <laughs> Side note, I remember I was losing my hair and I went, oh, nobody's going to want me. Somebody told me one time, they're like, hey, it ain't got nothing to do with your hair. I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I was in Europe preaching, and, and one lady told, she told me in German. I can still hear her voice in my mind. She said, Pastor Matthew, Pastor Mateos. She said, you're not Samson. Your strength is not in your hair. I said, man, what wisdom and revelation. So those of you have, that were either adopted in the physical realm or you've done some adopting, that's a special thing. Because you chose them, huh? Or if you were adopted, you were chosen. Once again, your kids are born and say, wow, beautiful, praise God. But we chose to have kids or, or you know, they happened and praise God. But I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm going to tell you this right now. No matter what the circumstances, God has a plan. Always has a plan for them babies. You say, oh, God has a plan for me now. Yeah, Scripture says he knew us when we were in our mother's womb. Is that powerful? That is powerful. He decided in advance. Before you ever existed, before your mom existed, your dad, you can trace us back to Adam and Eve. Even secular anthropologists have said you can trace all of Europe back to one single woman. Well, that's scriptural. All of Europe, of course. 
People say, my race, your race. Hey, we look a little different, but did you know the way you look is a very, 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 very small amount of your genetic makeup? Science proves it in this. I know lately they've been using science. So science proves it, and then the headlines are different. It's all contradictory. But here's the truth about this. Science has proved, that, and geneticists have proved this, that you have someone on the other side of the planet who looks nothing like you that could almost be a brother or sister genetically. For, the, for your organs. That's why people, sometimes they can't even get a genetic match with their brother or sister to get an organ transplant. They go, some, somebody who's Chinese or, or, or black or white or red or a different color, and that's their match. Isn't that crazy? Why? Because mama and daddy, tata and mama, Adam and Eve, that was a long time ago, that's our parents. And then after that, you trace it, after the flood, it was who? Noah and his wife. Well, the same parents. Interesting. All part of the human race. But you've been adopted into the family of God now. That's beyond culture. That's beyond skin color. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. There was no other way to do it except through perfect and pure blood. Scripture tells us in the Old Testament that the shedding of blood, it only, it only covered sin. But Scripture says, when referring to Jesus, John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Takes away your sin and adopts you into his family. You cannot beat that by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. How many of you know there are no accidents with God? Say, man, I just stumbled across the word. No, your grandma was praying for you. Someone was praying. I totally believe this. I believe people pray for their descendants. And they say, God, that all of our heritage would be blessed. You see the story of Abraham? Scripture says God brought him out of his tent and said, look at the stars in the sky. Your descendants are going to be like this. You won't even be able to count them. God was already doing things. God is a God of legacy. He's always concerned about future generations. That's why it's so important to teach your kids the truth of the word. So important that you be an example. Say, man, I haven't been an example. You can start now. You are a believer. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Great pleasure to do what? To adopt us into his own family. It gave him pleasure to do that by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. Let's go to verse what? Six. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. The Greek there actually says, to the beloved. You are, you are beloved. Do you remember that moment, people of God, when you said, man, Jesus, you know, you'd heard it your whole life, that moment when you said, Jesus really does love me. It was life-changing. I was raised in a loving family, but when I got the revelation of God really does love me because he created me, he's my heavenly father, oh, man. We praise God for the glorious grace he's poured out on us who belong to his dear son or those who are accepted in the beloved, one translation says. You're accepted amongst those that God loves. You're his family now. Let's go to verse 7. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. Rich in kindness and grace. Wow. He's kind to us. Another scripture says that he loved us while we were still sinners. You remember the parable that Jesus told? said, 
there was a hundred sheep, and which which sheep was the shepherd concerned about? The one that was lost. Said there's more rejoicing in heaven for the lost one that's found than the ones that have already been found. Praise God. God's always concerned about the the one. There's 99 that are doing all right. He says, man, I want that one. I, I want that one. His heart is always to reach the one who is not walking with him. Scripture says the one who is far from God. He's so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. Beautiful. Verse 8. He showered that same kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. I've noticed that the more I read Scripture, the more I read the Word, the more I spend time with God, the more and more and more God reveals to me. Starts to speak to me and show me His Word. Show me his. It's amazing, huh, when you have that light bulb moment and you say, oh, I've read this so many times and that just makes sense now. So you call a revelation, a rhema word, when you're, you're able to speak it because you know it. All right? He showered His kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. Verse 9, God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. How would it make sense that God would come down in human form, live a life on earth, and sacrifice himself so that we could be with him? You know why he had to do that? Because it was the only way to get us back to him. As soon as Adam and Eve messed up, remember God prophesied. As soon as they messed up, said, uh-huh, the seed of the woman, that's powerful too for women, said the seed of this woman is going to come back and get you. He's talking to the enemy. Said, You've bru- you, you'll bruise their heel, his heel, but he's going to bruise your head. God had a plan immediately. Scripture says Jesus was the Lamb of God, slain before the foundation of the world. I say, what? How is that? In God's mind, he had already come and sacrificed himself. He knew we were going to mess up. Isn't that powerful? He chose you before you ever sinned. Amazing. And it's all to fulfill his own good pleasure. Verse 10. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. At one point, according to Scripture, even here in the physical planet of earth, not just in heaven, in the spiritual realm, all at once, Jesus will be crowned king of everything, and everyone's going to bow down. That's what Scripture says. Verse 11. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, right? You're part of His body. We have received an inheritance from God. For He chose us in advance, and He makes everything work out according to his plan. That, I like how that's written. I remember years ago I had a relative that they received an inheritance they weren't expecting. My relative was married to somebody, and she got an inheritance, and they paid off their car. Isn't that nice? Some of y'all in here are like, God, give me an inheritance, right? That's great. In the physical, that's amazing. You weren't expecting it. But can you imagine, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. He's given you everything. Given you everything. You have inherited everything through him by faith. Verse 12. God's purpose was that, this is the Apostle Paul writing, right? And he was Jewish. 
both genetically in his culture in his upbringing and his training god's purpose was that we jews who were the first to trust in christ would bring praise and glory to god oh this gets better though what's the next verse say and now you gentiles that's non-jews that's all the rest of us have also heard the truth the good news that god saves you i think that's good news Wow. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. Wow. Verse 14. I'm going to wrap it up with this tonight. There's a lot here. This stuff is powerful. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Some have called the Holy Spirit God's grand down payment for what was to come. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. That is amazing. There was a lot there tonight, I know. We'll read through some of that next week. And we'll see what God speaks to you. Let's just, let's just pray over this word. I know it fell on good, on good ground tonight, but I want to pray for you if you bow your heads and close your eyes tonight. Just a, a quick Bible study, verse by verse there. And I know God's word never returns to him void or empty-handed. It always accomplishes what he sends it to accomplish. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that your word fell on good ground tonight. Scripture says in Hebrews that your word is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, God. It cuts this way and that. It cuts every way it goes. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Your word points out where we need change. Your word points out where we're walking in truth. Your word points out where we need more truth. Your word points out where we need to keep renewing our minds and exchanging our thoughts for your thoughts, God. And I thank you for that. Thank you for Jesus. I thank you for the word. Right now, wherever you are, listening to the live stream or here in this house, I want you to just whisper this prayer to the Lord. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you because I'm right with you. Go ahead. Say, all my sins are forgiven. They are under the blood of Jesus. I am the righteousness. Go ahead and say it. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say this. Say, if God is for me, who can be against me? Go ahead and say this. Say, no matter what it looks like, I know God is in control of my life. All things work together for good. For those that love God and are called according to his purpose. That's you tonight. That's me. Father, we thank you for your plan, your purpose, your design. You always knew what you were going to do long before you did it. And I thank you for choosing us, Father. You chose us and we give in to you. The great mystery of being chosen. The great mystery of giving in to your spirit. The great mystery, God, of you pulling us in and us saying yes to you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. I thank you for the combination of your will and our will, Lord God. And may our will become perfectly aligned with your will. We give you glory, honor, and praise. And I thank you for tonight. Thank you that your word has fallen on good ground so that we can bear fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. We honor you and bless your name tonight. In Jesus' name.